The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. So we are super excited to be introducing some fresh new formats to the mix here on the Spark Podcast. Our new Hot Takes segment, which we launched a few weeks back, tackles hot topics in conversation with expert guides from the Spark Brain Trust. And today, we are sharing a Spark Hot Take, this time with Cynthia Morris. Cynthia is the founder of the Original Impulse Creative Studio and Atelier and Coaching Program for Writers. And she's also an author, workshop facilitator, trusted advisor, and coach today we shine the spotlight on creative inspiration and how to turn it into action-taking and output. We explore the purpose of inspiration, understanding who our creative ancestors are and more. And in this time of reimagining global burnout and upheaval, we look at the difference between passively consuming, being simply inspired, and the desire to deconstruct and learn from the art we're enjoying. Cynthia shares a great strategy for journaling to connect with your artist self. And we both reflect on the many drafts it takes to get great work and the humbling nature of writing into the world. And for those who don't consider themselves writers, you will still learn a lot about how to inspire your own creative impulse. Enjoy this Spark Hot Take on creativity, inspiration, and expression. We hope it ignites some creative action taking of your own. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Spark. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Cynthia Mars, fabulous, famous brain trust member uh, here on the Spark Podcast. I am so excited to dive into this week's Spark Hot Take with you. And for listeners, this is a newer-ish segment where we are just sort of picking one topic that is top of mind for us and for many others that we know at this moment and diving into it, sharing our thoughts, our questions, deconstructing, and maybe a little bit of insight that would be useful as we all move forward. This week, you have been exploring aspects of creativity that I think are really interesting. I think so many of us are in this experience of emergence and part of what we're trying to emerge back into is a certain level of creativity and inspiration and action taking. And 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 I've heard from a number of people that, that folks are struggling with that to a certain extent also. And you have some really interesting takes on creativity and inspiration and consumption and creation and all these different relationships. But I know 
you've also been uh, deeply inspired by uh, something you've been listening to lately that has triggered some of these thoughts. So I'm going to hand it over to you to tee us off a little bit here. Thank you. So my big question that I've been grappling with for some years now is, what is the purpose of inspiration other than to make us feel good? And how can we take inspiration into action, into our own creative projects or our own work? I'm I'm really into reading books and listening to podcasts and watching shows and movies. And sometimes I wonder, what am I consuming all this for? Is it just to zone out? I'm always looking at how things are made. I really have an ear out for good writing. But what difference does that make for my own creativity? So that's the big question that that I'd love to talk about. I know sometimes if you're stuck, as you said, like people who feel that creative urge, but don't know how to fulfill it, what I like to look at is what lights you up? What kind of songs or books or podcasts or voice or visual, like what brings you alive? Looking for the source of our own vitality in the world around us can be a great place to start. Like, I want to write a song. I want to write a song like that. That song is stuck in my head. What if I could write a song like that? And the bigger picture way I think about this in um, the book I'm writing is a section about our creative ancestors and how the people who have come before us, they're not necessarily related to us, but they have informed our creativity. They have informed how we live and we can learn from them. So I'm really um, super psyched lately. I'm hanging out with the one and only Bruce Springsteen. I've been wanting to read his book for a long time, but every time I see it, it's just so big and I've got other books I'm reading. And the other day I, I felt this craving to listen to something more than podcasts. So I downloaded his book and I'm hanging out with him. It's so well-written. His story is amazing. And one of the things I can tell I noticed is that he's done a lot of therapy. He has a lot of self-awareness that he can reflect back on who he is and how that's informed him and what he makes. So that's one of the things that's super inspiring to me right now. Yeah, and I've actually heard Bruce interviewed a few different times as a um a, a fan of his and and he's talked about like the role of therapy in his ability to really reflect and understand his past differently and agreed his the book is phenomenal. He is one of, you know, like multi-generations most incredible storytellers and songwriters and performers for sure, but the the writing is is astonishingly good and direct and powerful also. So when you're listening to something like that, you know, so it's one part you're just curious about it, you know, like fantastic storytelling, one part you're just getting lost in the experience, but you as a creative professional, as a coach, as somebody who consults and advises, I wonder if sometimes, because I have this this issue, I will be consuming something with the intention of just enjoying it or just being inspired by it, maybe seeing what comes from it, from the energy that comes from it. And then the the practitioner in me starts to zoom the lens out and deconstruct it. <laughs> the practitioner in me, the artist in me, the maker in me is always trying to figure out like, what is the lesson? What are the techniques? What are the craft? What's the skills? How did this person do this? What can I learn from it? And I find myself sometimes bouncing between consuming inspiring things just to experience them and be inspired by them. And then also putting on the sort of like deconstruction hat because I want to learn from them. If I'm so inspired, I'm, I'm like, what's happening under the hood? How can I learn from this? Like, how can I, how can I do this? I remember reading a book a number of years back and I read a, I read a sentence and I was like, 
that sentence just blew my mind. And it'll take me 10 years to probably be able to write a sentence like that, but I'm down for it. What's your take on that dance that I think so many of us sometimes tend to do between just wanting to let it wash over and through you, being inspired by feeling it, and then having that student's mind sort of like spinning at the same time, trying to extract the educational part of, you know, this, this thing or experience. Yeah, it's pretty impossible for me to turn that off. And I think it's the writer. I don't know if it's other artists have that. I mean, if you're a musician and you're listening to songs, you would hear that. But writing is, I'm always like, how would I explain that? Or how would I write like that? For me, the impulse is, the initial impulse is to share. I want to tell everybody, like, that was one of the first things I said to you, like, I'm hanging out with Bruce Springsteen. It's so great. I'm so, because it enlivens me, it vivifies me, it gets me excited. And I want, and I know you're a Bruce Springsteen fan, so I want to share. So that's my first impulse is to share. And then the second impulse is, what what would I say other than like, look at this Bruce Springsteen, like, what, so what, what difference does this make to my creativity and to others? And so I don't think I can really turn that off. The thing I'm I'm still only an hour and a half into 18 hours of his book, but because he's Bruce Springsteen and he's been in my life since I was a teenager, I'm thinking about how he's formed me and how the songs that he's written live in me. And I'm thinking about how I saw him in concert in 1985 when he was doing the Born in the USA tour. And I was in Paris for the first time. And I was thinking about this last night and I was like, thank God for whoever one of my friends saw that Bruce Springsteen was playing and said, let's go. And that I was able to go. So I think it's it's something like if somebody's been in your life for a long time like that, you can look at the threads of how that person has informed you and changed you. And I can look at it that way. In terms of wanting to write like him, I could extract things like his honesty, his willingness to um, talk about himself as a mama's boy and how spoiled he was, but but it's not self-deprecating. It's just kind of like, this is this is who I was. I was not a, a very good person as a, as a child. I was spoiled rotten. So learning that humility, learning how to tell stories in a, in a real and true and direct way. And there's so much love in his storytelling, love for the people in his life and love for his path. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's it's sort of mining. On the one hand, you're really enjoying it. And then the other hand, you're sort of saying, you know, like, what is it about this that's making me feel the way I feel? And I think, you know, we're always doing that dance. Um, anybody who makes anything, which is everyone pretty much, <laughs> whether that's your primary drive or not. Like at some point, like we all have that inside of us and either we are internally motivated to do it or we're tasked with doing it. It's just a part of like who we are and what we do. But I think if you have any impulse to expand or improve or grow your capacity to do it at a higher level, you're always doing that dance of saying, I want to, I want to expose myself to new things. I want to simultaneously enjoy them. Um, and also what can I learn from this? Especially if it's somebody who's, you know, who blows you away, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, I, I think for me, the, it's, it's interesting. I'm sort of like working this out in conversation with you. I don't get interested in deconstructing what I can learn from an experience until that experience makes me feel something powerful. Right. Right. And I think that's, a great pointer for all art writing. We want to be moved emotionally 
and feel something. And I think you and I, you know, we write a lot and we write a certain kind of book and it can kind of live in an intellectual zone or in a in a very thinky zone versus a feeling zone. And and yet what we want in our in a movie or a show or piece of art, anything is is to feel something. To be lit like for me, it's to be literally moved. And when I go to museums or galleries, I do read the the descriptions and I read about the exhibit and I want to know, but when I'm looking at the art, I don't want to think about it. It's either going to move me or not. And I want to feel it. And I, I have to honor that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, as, as you're sharing that, I was just recalling my daughter loves the Whitney Museum in New York. She loves all museums, but that one in particular. So we'll, we'll often go and she's in town and I'm in town and, and we'll start at the top and just work our way all the way down. And, and a lot of it is more modern and it's really large scale work very often. And each one of them has a description of what the piece is. And then very often somewhere on the wall is all about the artist. And yeah, I, I kind of move around and I just stand for a couple of beats and I, I notice whether I'm feeling something or not. And if I am, then I walk over and I want to learn more. If I'm not, I move on. And it's an interesting quirk because I wonder how much of that is just, we walk through life really only paying attention to things and wanting to go deeper into things that make us feel. And not really even realizing that it's our emotional reaction to an experience or to a piece of art or to a piece of writing or to anything in interaction that um, precedes our desire to want to go deeper into it and determines to a large extent what we learn and what we don't learn, what we invest in, what we don't invest in. Well, speaking of museums and sharing, I rarely want to go to a museum with someone else because usually they will ruin it for me. They will just like zip through and be gone. And then I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not even, I don't want to be with anyone. I want to have my own direct experience with the art. I don't want to sit and chat about it with somebody until later. I really like having my own experience. Do you like going with other people to see the art? I like going with my kid and that's about it. <laughs> right? Because we have really similar sensibilities. Yeah. Um, we're, we tend to be moved by really similar things. So we can, we can, you know, like we're drawn to, to similar things and not so interested in similar things. So when we go somewhere, we tend to move at a similar pace and want to, you know, like talk about similar things. But I think it's unusual to find that person um, that we just happen to be wired in, in that way. So what I do usually when I go to a museum is I like to take it all in and then go to the cafe and get a coffee and make some notes. And I'll often make notes as I'm going, just listing the things that moved me. And that's one way that I try to take whatever I've been inspired by into, into action with me. Like, okay, well, what was it about that? What did I like? I, I really would like to do that more with, with books or um, even shows, especially when I notice something really clever or well done or something that made me laugh or moves me to make, make notes about that. But usually just kind of move on and absorb it. And hopefully it goes in somehow into yeah. my own work. So, so let's talk about this more because part of what I wanted to talk to you about also is how do we, where do we find inspiration for our own creative process? And then how do we transmute that? You know, like the, the alchemy of being inspired and being formed to letting that actually become action in our own creative process. I'm fascinated by it. And, and I would imagine it's different for different people. But, you know, there's that spectrum of first being exposed to something, then being inspired by it, then in some way. How do we take that? And, and, 
and I guess it, even the, the more meta question is, does it actually ever have to turn into our own expression, our own art? Can it just be the experience simply for the joy and for the feeling that it gives us? And that's fine. That's completely fine. And then if we decide something actually is valuable beyond that to us so that it can actually inform our own creative process, how do we, how do we decide what is or is it just like an intuitive thing? And then what do we actually do? Like, how do we take that, that feeling, that emotion, um, and somehow turn it into insight, wisdom, information mm. that informs our ability to turn around and create at a higher level? Mm. I think there's a lot of ways. One is just having role models. And so I work with a lot of people who are writing books, and every book has its own shape and flavor and tone and structure and style. And they have to figure it out. And that's really one of the main things I help people do is extract what their book shape is. And so often we'll, we'll look for role models. What kind of books do they like? What, are there any books they love that has a similar shape and style? Not that they're going to copy it, but just to know that it's out there. Or even look books that have a really unique structure, marrying narrative with fiction, with photos that that gardening book the title's escaping me right now that you you interviewed the art artist and author in your podcast no it's about um black farmers and oh yeah totally blanking on the name of it but yeah that was gorgeous book so so have just having role models out there or even like just just people who look like you like okay i'm not i'm not a super skinny model there's a woman that's got more curves out there she's on stage singing i can be on stage singing I think just the fact of having a variety of role models out there that just give us proof, like, well, they're doing it, I can do it. So that's one way I think we can get inspiration. And then if if you're really, if you're working on a project or, so say you're like, okay, go back to the person who is wanting to be creative, but doesn't know how, really, as I mentioned earlier, looking for what lights you up. And I'm I'm currently working on learning how to write a song. I've always wanted to write a song that's kind of this thing. And I was journaling uh, with my artist self and like, what do we want to do? Artist self, we're kind of at a crossroads. And she's like, well, what about that song? <laughs> why, why wait? Why put it off? Why not do it now? So I, I do think we can access that information through our own process of self-reflection and journaling. So then reading books about songwriting, the one that I'm really loving is Saved by a Song by Mary Gautier. And the best thing I love about it, it's not about the craft of writing a song. It's about the kind of person and emotion and honesty and authenticity that's required to write a song. And that's exactly the kind of thing I need is that permission to go there to write something that may be speaking to my core wound. It's like the thing we want to avoid or work on in a closed therapeutic session. But no, you have to write about it and sing from, from, your, from your gut. Um, so the other thing too is if you are working on something specific, that sentence that blew your mind, I would write that down and really look at it and read it aloud and what's happening here. What what about this blew me away? What about this resonated with me? You could also think that anything that we're resonating with is is hitting on the frequency that we we have. We we could be in that same vein. Not that we're going to copy or be just like that person, but you know, like recognizes like. So um, I think it's 
It's really following a chain of curiosity, and you can follow that however far you want to take it, whether you're parsing the sentence out on paper, reading it aloud, talking about it with friends, noticing what about it. And to me, the piece, because I'm writing things like this for my newsletter, what's inspiring me, it does force me to delve in a little bit more and be a little more personal and transparent. And, And that's good for me and my writing because that's where I want to go more. And that's what I've kind of avoided in the past. So I would sum it all up by saying, just as an example, for me, knowing what I'm working on now, being more personal, more transparent, more emotional, sharing that. So I look for for art that does that. I don't really care about surfacey stuff. I really only want deep, well-written things where the person's revealing themselves. Yeah, I love that. And part of it is you and I have talked about, you know, I'm I'm about to dive into writing some um just some really deeply personal writing and and as I think through, you know, like I, I'm doing exactly what you're talking about. Like I'm I've, I've been thinking about like what have I over the last decade or so? Like who's who am I inspired by? What are the things that they've written that I found um deeply moving and what is it about those things? that I I was deeply moved by that I would like to in some way learn from and be able to channel into my own work. And sometimes it's not the easy, it's, it's fairly straightforward to ask the question, but it's not the easiest thing always to figure out what is it about that thing that makes me feel the way I want to feel because I want to be able to create on a level that makes other, others feel on that same way or on that same level. And you can sort of like look at obvious surface stuff. Like we've talked about, you know, Danny Shapiro, who's a friend of mine and also just an astonishing writer. She wrote this book called Hourglass, which broke a lot of rules. You know, she's writing about a 20 year relationship that is not over and she's deeply in love and wants to sustain for the rest of her life. She's got to be brutally honest about it. She loses the structure, you know, like she basically writes just a series of vignettes without titles or chapter titles or pages. It's completely out of time sequence. And yet it all weaves together beautifully and powerfully. It's this series, almost like you're peeking into these rooms over a period of years and jumping back and forth in time. And um, it's, it's uh, at once untethering and simultaneously grounding and deeply moving. And I love that book. Yeah. And so I, I was looking at the structure and all this different, you know, and, and trying to figure out like, what was it about it? Because she's also just a, a fantastic writer, you know? Well, right. So there's that, I think we can break down, but I think back to the, the difference between feeling and thinking. Mm. And, I, and I'm suspecting that what if we look at it more instead of trying to figure it out and think it out, just go into it and feel it. I don't know if you've done this. I'm sure you've done this. Like you play a song over and over and over. And then finally, like you're crying. You're like, Oh, it's Mm -hmm. finally broken me (laughs) open. Like, and you're like, thank you song. Like to read, to really immerse yourself in something so that it moves you so much. And that's the feeling. Like, so it's not so much thinking your way to it, but no, like that's the feeling I want to have when I'm writing my essays. That's the feeling I want to access and communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe part of the, the role of the mode that whatever's inspiring you is to help bring you back to that. If it made you feel that yeah, to help bring you back to that place. And when you sit down to create whatever it is that you want to create, you have that heightened level of access to, to your emotional side, to the feeling 
yeah. um, while you're actually creating. So maybe you know, it, it more readily channels through you. I'm reading um, Jenny Lawson's book, Broken. Yeah. And it's really inspiring me. Just when people write that level of honesty, I'm always like, yes, I'm going to be more honest. And I, and I do like immediately I'm able to start just unveiling things a little more. And then her humor, um, reading humor and listening to comedy, anything funny always makes me feel more funny. And I see the world, it's like a switch has been flipped. I see things more in a more comedic vein. And whether I am more funny or the things that I come with are funny, I'm laughing. I'm having more fun. And, and so that's, to me, the, the comedy, the humor writing um, is a little bit more direct of something I can see me taking into, into my life and my, my creative work. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, as you're sharing that, what immediately came to mind is um, when I write, I often take four passes through a piece. Like one is just for the fact. Let me just get the fact down. Um, the second is for accuracy. Like, is is this actually accurate or am I kind of spinning it the way I want to spin it? <laughs> and there's always subjectivity in there. Um, the third is for voice. Is my unique voice actually being expressed in this? And the fourth is what I call for punch. And that's like, is there an edge? Is there humor? And And it takes those passes to get all of me into it. I love that you know what each pass is about. And I'm also so glad that you said each draft is for drafts because that's pretty much what I do. And I think it's really important. You and I have been writing for a long time. We've written a lot, written books and constantly writing. And I think it's important for people to know that it takes it takes several drafts because people are often frustrated that the first draft doesn't nail it. And I'm like, who do you think you are? Come on. This is like, this is a thing. It's not you. It takes, it takes layers. Yeah. The um, author, Katie Camilla, who writes these fantastic uh, YA books and children's books, this like massive, massive home run in the sort of like uh, called Win Dixie. And she took the original draft of that along with the editor's notes and made and had like it's publicly available. I can't remember somewhere in Minnesota, oh. it maybe at the library or somewhere. I can't remember where she did it, but she's like, I want people to see. Yes. <laughs> like this, this ended up being this like astonishing bestseller that turned into a big movie that, you know, it sold, I don't know, tens of millions of copies, whatever it may be. But she's like, if you saw the first draft, <laughs> you know, she's like, I want everybody to know. The, the very early stage for everybody is messy and sloppy and takes tons yeah. and tons of work and revision um, and revisiting. And that's like nothing comes out fully formed in the way that sometimes people imagine it does. It takes a lot of humility. And, you, you know, for me, it's like it's a constant um, – I call them commitment points where you're like, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or, oh, this like the songs, I'm coming up with a couple of songs and I like them, but I can tell they're just still like in the shallow end of the, the pond. And it's like, okay, go deeper. You can go deeper. And it's it's just humbling thinking like this just takes time and it takes attention. And um, I kind of like the humility of it because not that I walk around thinking I'm so great, that's for sure. But just the humbling nature of creating things really returns me to a sense of innocence. It's like, okay, yeah, I've written books, I've been around, I blah, 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 but I'm still innocent every time I try to make something. And I think that might 
go back to the whole thing about inspiration because my my little inner child joy lights up like this little girl like Bruce Springsteen's book everyone's gotta everyone's gotta read it it's so good um so I I don't mind the the labor and the the, humi- the humiliation <laughs> of writing something and trying to write well but I love that you and I are both are in the same place with our creativity, really looking to write more personal stuff, really get more to the core of what we care about. And I love that we're talking about all this, both kind of as if we know stuff and as if we really are, we're just trying to figure it out. We don't really know. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't really trust anybody who, who says they really genuinely know all of this. I think we're all in the question. Um, and at the end of the day, the biggest tell for me, whether I'm writing a sentence that maybe one day will become an essay or a story or a book, whether I'm putting down ideas that might become a business or a company or a job or a role or whatever it may be, the biggest tell for me, you know, you mentioned you feel like, you know, like you're in like the shallow end of the pool. Like I know when I've dropped into the deep end of the pool, I literally will start to shake. Oh wow! Like for me, there's a there's a physical sensation of this is the truth, and this is the truth in the way that I want it to be in the world, and and like expressed with a level of craft Mm. that I feel really good about. Mm. I'm glad you bring that up because I think everybody has their inner compass, whatever that feeling is, that whether it's a physical or uh, like like we know. We know it's like the BS detector. Yeah, and I think we all have it. We totally do. And and I think for me, I I generally I will, I will keep pushing until I get that feeling. And if I push and push and push and push and never do, sometimes I'll end up saying to myself, maybe actually this isn't the thing that I'm supposed to be working on right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I I love talking about this, and it's really. It's really important to me, the things that I consume and my love for them make a huge difference for me. And I don't know that I'm going to really start taking better notes about things, but really just respecting, because we know the drafts, respecting what goes into a piece of writing that just comes across effortlessly, um, respecting my love and my desire, the things that I'm attracted to and respecting that as a, as a compass for what I want to create, because I do think that I am in that lineage of those people. If only I could be as cool as Bruce Springsteen, but <laughs> I just love him. So to yeah. me, it's, it's really all about the love. And I love that. And it, I think it's a great, some great parting insights and, and also just the notion that Pay attention to what you take in. Pay attention to what you consume. Pay attention to the way that it makes you feel. And once it makes you feel, you know, if if you feel inspired to want to learn from it, like ask, like, what is it about this thing that is making me feel the way I want to feel? And one of the tells also, I think that it's something to really pay deeper attention to is like you said earlier in the conversation, I just want to tell everybody about this. Like when you, when you interact with something, whether it's a conversation, a person, a book, a company, a product, whatever it is, and your first impulse is, I cannot wait to share this. There's something about that that has touched you in a way which is important, yeah. like to take notice of. And, and, and yes, feel it and enjoy it and be present in the moment. But if you are somebody who also makes things in the world, I think it's an interesting next step to say, like, I wonder what it is that's making me feel the way I feel. And, and is there like, what can I learn from this and carry forward in my own life and work? 
well, I'm inspired. I'm going to go and do some, <laughs> like take a little more care with this. I'm really glad we talked about this because I think everyone goes through this and hopefully this was helpful for our listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cynthia. As always, um, it is fantastic to be able to share time with you and with our Thanks. wonderful listening community. And we will see you all again next week. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.